0: Hello, hello, hello. This is artist Miriam Shulman of the Inspiration Plays Podcast. You're listening to episode number 21. We're going a little meta today because I have a guest on who is an expert on being a guest on podcasts. So for that, stay tuned artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 21 of the Inspiration Place Podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Today, I've invited a guest expert in getting featured on podcasts because podcasts are quickly becoming the number one way to build and grow an audience of raving fans. So if you've ever wanted to be interviewed on a podcast, or you're just curious about the process, this episode is for you. So in this episode, you'll discover how to research and approach hosts, what marketing materials you need in place, and why getting featured on podcasts is such a powerful strategy. Today's guest is an expert on getting publicity through podcasts, named in the Huffington Post as one of the 50 must-follow women entrepreneurs in 2017 and interviewed on over 100 trending podcasts and featured in publications such as Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. She is the host of the Business Building Rockstars show and soon to relaunch as the Nicole Holland show, which is a daily podcast aimed to inspire, educate, and entertain High achieving business owners and entrepreneurs, please welcome to the Inspiration Place Nicole Holland. Hey Hello. Nicole, I'm hey, so glad Karen. you're here. Oh, I
1: always love talking with you. I'm so glad to be here too. Look oh, gorgeous! Like <laughs> so nice. You always say thank you.
0: Inspiration Place shirt? No, but it does have elephants on it. It's a uh-huh. Sundance shirt, but it has elephants. So yeah, so I feng shuied my studio. So now my back is to the wall and then I can put my light on the other side of the computer because before I had it, like, you know, so it's much better now. It's like really good. Um, I bought some flowers. I'm like, How do you know what your wealth corner is? Yes. So by the way, she was great. It was Kate McKinnon, who was one of Trisha Brooks' clients. Okay. She, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So when you walk in the door of your, it doesn't matter if it's facing north or south, east, west. When you walk in your door and you're looking at your room, yeah, Uh so you're standing at your doorway. Okay. It's the back left corner is your wealth corner.
1: So like my door is right there where this is. So it's like that way. Yeah. And you want to be facing the door. The back, oh. You want to be facing the
0: door. You want your a, a wall to your back and facing... Well, you want to be able to see people come in. So you know how like your cat... So for example, my cat loves to sit... Actually, you can't see, but she loves to sit there. Okay. So because she... That way she can see people coming in. And you'll notice cats will always will position themselves like so they can see... It's so they can feel safe. I mean, that's kind of like the whole idea of feng shui is like you're making a safe... Space energetically for yourself. Oh, if I do that though, this room sucks. I'll be like, the window will be directly behind me. Oh, that, yeah, that's not good. Because
1: that wall in front of me has the windows in either
0: corner. Oh, yeah. I don't know that that's the right thing. Maybe you want to be in the fame section. Okay, so if you look at, so so if you're looking at the back of your room, the left corner, corner. left back corner is the wealth. Then right next to that, the middle, in the middle is the fame place. That's what I'm facing. Is Are there like six? Uh, six nine. There's nine.
1: Nine. Okay. Well, I am in the middle, very middle one standing right now. I'm facing the fame one.
0: Okay. I have, you know, and I'm not even a feng shui expert, so I can't advise you. you I, just, I'm like, I just tell you what I learned last <laughs> night.
1: <laughs> so so. Other, in other words, like now that I've just completely moved my desk into the middle and like facing this, I should move it around actually
0: probably stop me from looking blue because i'm yeah well we had so much work today and i made my assistant like carry this desk up from the living room (laughs) because like we rearranged all the furniture and like moved all the you know how hard it is when you disconnect your computer and figuring out which yes exactly so that's what that's what we did this morning
1: so I was listening to you talking about your assistant and the schedule and everything um, on your interview with the sleep guy.
0: Oh, yeah. did you like
1: that one? Yes. Yeah. I just like you all the time. I, I love you too. Um, but you mentioned you were going to be
0: interviewing Kaylin um, Asher. Yeah. That's one. That's already in the bank. Yeah. How do you know her? Um, From a Facebook group.
1: Oh, is she in yeah. that like 100 awesome people thing?
0: Yeah. It's. <sighs> I'm not going to say anything because we're being no. recorded. Oh, right. <laughs> <You can laughs> and she's she's right. And she's wonderful. She's wonderful. One day she was asking for people. And what I like about her, she had a very specific angle. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to just bring on just because they're a coach. But no, she approached you or somebody else approached you? She approached me. Oh, okay. no, she didn't approach me. She, she like posted in the Facebook group that she's looking for interviews. Got Is she it. your client?
1: No, but she's in my mastermind. Right. And um, Yeah. And so, and I, she introduced me to somebody today. She sent me a a message on Facebook because I usually will listen to, even though I've already heard the show, like I usually before, just as a part of my own interview prep, I listen to the show right before I do an interview, Yeah. um, which actually I listened to two episodes. I listened to your solo one about your journaling. And then I listened to that one. So yeah, it just it was just funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, she just a few hours ago messaged to introduce me to somebody she knew who wanted to start a podcast.
0: I, well, I have to give Nicole actually a lot of credit in helping me launch my own podcast. So we became friendly this past summer. And Nicole, you helped me so much, Podcast Movement, really helping me nail down my whole interview process and put it into a system that makes it really organized and neat and I'm just so thrilled to be that you you agreed to come on to the show to talk to artists to help them find out how they can get more publicity through podcasting. So thank you for both of those things.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity. I think artists are amazing. We need more artists in the world and I think sometimes people get people who are creative and want to be artists, they get Uh, messages that they can't make a living doing that. And so I'm so inspired by you and the Inspiration Place and your message to help artists be artists and also make a lucrative living doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the most important things is getting attention because nobody's going to find out about you if you don't Get out in the world and do publicity. So, you know, it used to be that you had to always go to galleries or do, and then it became guest blogging. But now it seems that podcasting is the way to go. Why do you think it's such a powerful strategy for people to use to get attention?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, I want to say that contrary to many other people out there. I don't think podcasting is actually the best route for Mm. many people, but it is an option if it's the right fit for you. And so I think people who do really well as podcast guests are people who are more creative, people who are more introverted, people who really like spending time alone, to be honest. It's one thing to get out there on a stage and speak in front of, you know, tens, hundreds, thousands of people, but podcasting, podcast guesting specifically gives us the opportunity to connect with tens, hundreds, thousands thousands, possibly millions of people all around the world from the comforter of our own home. And so oftentimes people aren't even going to see you, but they're going to hear your message. They're going to hear who you are inside. And so for people who are willing to show themselves emotionally, which I think all artists are doing, right? I mean, you you put yourself in everything you do. And so that's why I think for artists, oftentimes, they're great podcast guests because they're willing to be vulnerable in this safe space, in this safe way, and share who they are and how they are. And what's great is it's a very intimate medium. So Miriam, I'm guessing many of your listeners are hearing us right now as they're doing other things. They may be yeah. creating, yeah. You know, they may be running errands, they may be cooking, they may be doing whatever, but- they have us in their ears. So it's a passive listening, but it's very intimate. It's very close. And they're oftentimes not in the middle of another conversation or something like that. They're doing solo activities. Mm, And so we're the voices that they're hearing, right? Right. And as an artist, people fall in love with your work for a lot of reasons. One of them is because they think something special about you. And I think this is an amazing opportunity to really pull up the curtain and let people into your life and have them become raving fans, have them become not just fans of your work, but fans of you and advocates for you in a way that I don't think anything
0: else can allow. Okay. So if an artist is suddenly jumping up and down and they say, okay, yeah, I want to be on podcasts, where should, what's the first step? Like where should they start?
1: Yeah. So first of all, why do you want to be on podcasts? Maybe because of what I just said. And they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's me. I would like to not be seen, but I'd like to be hanging out in my PJs and you know be able to talk to people anywhere. It sounds like perfect for me. Great. Well, beyond that, what's your message? What's your voice? Who do you want to speak to? Who are your buyers? Who are the people that are making decisions and falling in love with your work? Because when you know who they are, that's your first clue of where to look and how to find the shows. A lot of people will look at the very surface level and they'll say, okay, so I want to be on shows one, two, and three because they're the biggest in this niche, right? They're the biggest in this area or whatever. (laughs) That's their ego. It's ego. But you know what? I will say it's not just ego always. Okay. Oftentimes it's what we're taught, right? It's societal and it's conditioning. So what most people think is because this is a show for photographers, let's say, right? I yeah. want to be on all the shows for photographers. Well, guess what? There are people who are shopping for photographers that aren't listening to photographer shows. right? Right? Maybe you want to teach photographers, right? So maybe you'd want to be on shows that photographers are listening to because you have an educational spin. But if you're looking for clients and you are a photographer that specializes in weddings, guess what kind of shows you're going to be on? You're going to want to look for shows that brides and wedding planners and people who are decision makers in the process of planning a wedding are listening to. And so we dive into the rabbit hole of, okay, what is that person doing on a day-to-day basis? How are they living their life? What would they be tuning into? So there's the direct thing of shows that are about planning a wedding. But my guess is, and this is just a guess, I haven't actually looked this up and I really pulled this wedding photographer thing out of the air. Yeah, um, My guess would be that everybody who's a photographer. For weddings wants to be on those shows. So it's probably pretty difficult to get on that show. Mm. But think about the other things that the bride or the decision maker is tuning in for. Think about what they're trying to figure out. And even if you can be more niche, like if you specialize in um, GLBT weddings, or if you specialize in um, weddings of people later in life, right you know find those niches and go as deep as you can down and then ask what are those people tuning into where should i be that's where you're going to start looking and you're not going to find thousands of podcasts out there which many of them by the way most podcasts do not last so you you know you're not going to want to go for the newest podcast you're mm-hmm. going to want to find a podcast that's producing for a while and they're still producing regularly but you're going to want to find those shows that everybody else isn't looking at and banging down the door to get
0: on. All right, so if somebody is a fine artist and they do painting or sculpture, not a service like photography. Would so they would probably want to target shows that are what new home buyers or people maybe who have a second home. What what ideas are coming to mind for you for that? Well, are you willing to play with me a little bit? Here? Yeah, that's why I invited you on.
1: Okay,
0: Get free coaching.
1: So pick a pick. It's you know you said fine artists such as painting. Yeah,
0: it's I like hypothetical. Meanwhile, I'm talking about myself.
1: Okay. So right. let's okay. Okay. So you're talking about yourself,
0: and yes. so paint and sculpt. But let's pick. One. I don't sculpt actually. So painting. Okay. okay. Painting. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to be fool you and be more general, but.
1: So I know your work, but for the sake of the listeners who may not or who also just may like to play along, what specifically, and I know you paint a number of different things, so we're going to pick one at a time. This is one of the biggest challenges people have, is they're going too general. We need to go maybe down five different rabbit holes, but you start with one and you can
0: get as niche as possible. I can do that. So I like to do a lot of animal paintings like wildlife, so giraffes, hippos. Okay, great. And who buys that? Well, most of my clients are professionals who have professional women who have their own money in their forties and fifties. It would be like my customer avatar for people who will generally make an investment in a painting.
1: Awesome. So we need to go deeper because that's pretty surface demographic. Women in their, you know, forties and fifties who have their own money.
0: Okay. They also, I've noticed they are very philanthropic. So one way I like to position myself, not through podcasting, but the way I position myself in general is I, will, I get involved with charities, I make donations so that people there find out about me. So I know that they are very into philanthropy and so, they're highly educated. So that, but that's still kind of like the surface demographics, right?
1: No, you just hit no? something Oh, oh they okay. kind realized it. No, I didn't
0: realize anything. What? So are these women,
1: they care about animals then, Right.
0: Um. Well, they maybe. could. Yeah, they could be people who maybe are involved in animal shelter charities or the zoo, Bronx Zoo. I'm just thinking, about, maybe thinking out loud. Zoos,
1: maybe people who care about the World Wildlife Fund. Maybe people. Yes, who the, the elephants. Koreans. Yeah. So, I mean. They you have podcasts show? about that? Absolutely. Oh. So that's all you have to do is start searching, right? So you get those keywords, you start thinking about what do they care about what are they passionate about and you start searching keywords in itunes is a great place because that or apple podcasts because that's the largest directory there's a lot of stuff going on though you know google's coming to play which is probably dare i say going to overtake apple eventually because well they're google but you start looking and i mean i as as soon as we got kind of onto that i thought about a, a show that i was on personally Called Paw Print. And that's a podcast that a lot of people who run and work at and care about animal shelters tune into. It supports people involved with animal shelters. Now, you might think, well, those people probably don't have their own money and they're not making big investments, but you never know. know. (laughs) And, well, and it's, you know, even that there's nonprofit things, right? But you never know, first of all. And remember that. When you are on a podcast as a guest, this is what we call evergreen content that's being created. The host is doing the heavy lifting. They're doing the hard work. And at the very least, they're putting out an audio episode uh, with your voice and you speaking, and they're putting it out into the airwaves. And it can be picked up anywhere. I, every once in a while, I don't know if you've done this before um, or not, Miriam, but every once in a while, I'll go through, and I did this just last week, and I'll search for me and my show. And there are, I'm syndicated so many places, like a hundred different places I've never even heard about. Because once you have that RSS feed, which is not important for your listeners to know what that is, but it's it's once your podcast is out there, mm-hmm. anybody can pick it up. It's public, right? right. So. Right. You create, you have a 30 to 60 minute conversation as the artist on one of these podcasts who your ideal buyers could be listening to. You find a way to connect value that you're going to share, entertainment, excitement, something that the listeners and the host would love. And you have that conversation. At the very least, that is now out there on the airwaves at the, not even at the most, I can't imagine the most, but you're going to have some podcasters who also have an amazing website that gets millions of visitors. Mm. Now you've got SEO traffic, you've got backlinks, and I'm going to use some language that you may want to, you know, you may be talking about with artists on a different episode, but there's all this viral and digital traffic going on that you and your voice and your message can be picked up through, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Other thing is what's really cool, one of the many other things, you can take the interview that you did, that co-created content, and you can then put it on your website. At the very least, you can broadcast it by, you know, sharing with your social media audience. You can, you know, embedded on the website, you can backlink to the person's website, whatever you want to do. If you want to get a little fancier and really get a bigger bang for your buck, then you're going to take information that you shared in that interview and you're going to create multiple pieces of content with it. Mm. So now we're getting a little bit into content marketing, but from one interview, you're going to be sharing maybe tips. Maybe you're going to be sharing your inspiring story, what have you. You can take that that piece, that thing you shared, and either have a team member or yourself do this. You can put it through a transcription thing. You can get that story that maybe you've never told in that way before. Email your audience, just sharing that story and referring them to say, hey, and if you'd like to hear more, I was on this podcast and we had a great conversation. Here's the link to go check it out. Now you're creating your own content You're sharing your own content and you're giving love to the host who had you on their show. You may even want to send a thank you card. You may even want to send a little gift. You may want to do something special and continue the conversation, continue the relationship with that host because you never know where that can lead. Even touching base, sending a holiday card or something and touching base with that host a few months later, just surprising them, thanking them, asking them what's going on for them you know, that host may have a connection to a gallery that you want to be in, or they may have a connection. They may, you know, be doing something with a gala. You never know where things can lead. And so it's a great opportunity for building really powerful relationships above and beyond the content that you're creating
0: to get your message out. That's awesome. And you touched on something that I want to circle back to. So one thing that I love personally about being a podcast host is developing the relationships. And there are, and I I know you have some strong ideas on this. Even though I know what these are, I really want to share it with my listeners. I really want to talk about some good practices and also things to avoid when you're cold pitching yourself to somebody new, who you don't have a relationship with yet, because you and I have both experienced kind of the bad manners of some people who try to cold pitch us too soon without, you know, it's kind of like the guy hitting on you who you don't know, like what's going on here. So what advice do you have for people in terms of how to approach somebody and how to build that relationship? and then what not to do. Great question. Yeah. And I think a lot of
1: times, again, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's definitely some people out there with really warped intentions. But overall, I like to think that people generally have good intentions and they don't realize how things come off. They really feel like when they reach out, they're doing a service and a favor to the host and to the host audience. But they're not thinking about, The host themselves. They're not putting themselves into the shoes of somebody else. It would kind of be like somebody who comes to your door and knocks and wants to sell you something for your yard because they have deemed your yard not good enough, your yard needing help. And that's kind of how it is. That's what I equate it to when somebody just cold pitches me as a guest and tells me that my audience, I haven't had this type of guest on the show before. My audience needs them, all this. I'm like, you have no idea, first of all, who my audience is. Secondly, who I am or my needs. And you haven't even said hello. It's all about you. So, you know,
0: going back to your analogy... The way I've been pitched by a few people so far, it was kind of like they knocked on my door and asked me if they could put a sign on my front yard right? that says, vote for some politician who they don't even know if I like or not. And not that the people were political, but it was kind of like, hey, Miriam, I want to collaborate with you so I can promote my thing. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Who are you? And if you love my show, why haven't you left a review? And who are you? Oh. Yeah, it's super
1: intrusive and I don't necessarily think that people for the most part are trying to be that way. They no. just don't know better. They've been taught and there's so many people who hail themselves as PR experts and publicity experts out there telling people to do this. Right. So That's this right. is one of the things that I take a stand against because I'm like it is totally the wrong way. I'm very much permission-based, whether it's, you know, in whatever I do, I want to gain somebody's permission. It's like, you know, right now at time of release, we've just launched my new show and you've been instrumental in helping me get the word out. And even though we're friends and even though you're like, I'll help you with everything because you're amazing, I still had a form for you to fill out because I wanted to make sure that the things I asked for support with We're within your boundaries. So Mm. that's just who I am and that's how I operate. Um, Most people don't. And most people assume that what they have is what everybody wants and needs. So, just to wrap this up and, and answer your question, the way that I feel is appropriate to reach out to hosts is a soft permission based approach. However, You cannot, you should not be asking for permission until you understand why you want to be on that particular show. So we already know you want to get your message out. That's a given. If you decide, I'm going to go podcast guesting, you already know you want to find clients. You want to share your message. There's something in it for you. Okay? So let's take that off the table. Now you're looking for these shows. We've talked about how to go deep rather than general and find your buyer. So, you know, if people aren't doing this for income, more power to you, you can still benefit from these strategies, but I'm a business strategist and marketing strategist. So I talk with folks about how to make money from their marketing efforts. So we're looking for your ideal buyers and we're getting on shows that they're listening to and they're going to connect with you on.
0: And let me just pause you for a minute because I just want to clarify something. Because recent, Not recently, but somebody had asked, people asked me, you don't make art for the money, do you? And the answer is twofold. It's like, I don't make art for the money, but I sell my art for the money. So like, I don't put it on a website for fun. So, yeah. you know, otherwise I would just give it to my mom and, or put it in my living room. So- You know, if you want to sell art, you want to make money from it, and there's nothing shameful about that. You
1: want to make a living doing what you love, exactly.
0: And you're gifting people with such a beautiful thing that they can enhance their life with and make them feel better. And we all need to feel better. (laughs) So. Go ahead. I just wanted to it's, clarify the money messaging there.
1: Absolutely, and it's something that for most of us, we need to go over and over and over throughout our lives because, again, conditioning. Most of us are conditioned to think if it comes natural, if it comes easily, you shouldn't charge for it. It's yeah. you should just do that for people. You know what are you thinking trying to take money from people? Like what are you thinking trying to ask somebody that? Like and this is a, a big issue for most people. And so for me personally, just share a little bit, you know, my clients pay me a lot of money to do the work I do for them, but I'm the best. If they're the right client for me, there's nobody better. And I work with very few people. So when you find that right connection, it would be a disservice to myself not to charge that because then you know what happens and I've spent years doing this. I am busy to where I can't serve people at their highest and best because I'm burnt out or I lose my creativity and my ability to really be the best for my clients when I'm taking on clients or if I were an artist to be selling my work for peanuts, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And so one of the things that I also see podcast guesting do is, Not only am I able to speak a language that my ideal clients are going to hear and want to connect with me because they want more of me and they can afford that, but I'm also sharing value that anybody can take away for free. And so if you're an artist and you have that message and you have something that you want to share, you can inspire people. You can help people. You can change people's lives. I get love notes. I call them love notes. I get love notes from people who've heard me on podcasts who tell me that one thing I said on there like was so profound that it changed their life and this is the power and beauty of being able to have that voice and use podcast guesting
0: to reach people that otherwise would never know about you. I completely so- agree. I mean since I've launched my podcast, since it's gone live, there not a day has gone by where I haven't received some note, message, review, comment, something, people thanking me for this, thanking me for what it does. So, And you don't have to host your own podcast to share your voice. You can be a guest. Absolutely. So that's why we're having this this conversation. So let's go back but, to what we were talking yeah, about I before. Sure I, can I get – because I just want to – I know we kind of went on a tangent. Yes. Yeah, I, so I want to bring it yeah, back to how to approach yes. guests the right way.
1: Okay. So okay. first off, as mentioned – This is something I like to ask permission for. I don't want to assume um, that they want to hear from me or that they care about me or that they need guests or whatever. So I always like to ask for permission. But before asking for permission, you got to know why you want to be on that show, that show in particular. So this goes back to what we're talking about at the beginning about how do you find those shows. Going down that rabbit hole deep and being able to say, okay, Paul print could be a great show for me because I love painting animals and it, it brings joy to people to see my work and to purchase my work, right? So there's see and purchase. So even there, you're gifting an audience that cannot quote afford or does not have the, the money to purchase. They still get introduced to you. They can still follow you. They can still enjoy and benefit from your beautiful art. So you know you've got that audience. So now you can't just go to the host and say, I want to be on your show because your audience potentially will buy my stuff. It just, no, please don't do that. Instead, you want to, you want to now that you know the audience is there. You want to listen to the show. Please don't ever pitch a show you haven't listened to. You want to listen to the show. And you want to make sure that not only is your audience there, but that also you like the host. My test is would I like to have coffee or a cocktail with them? If I don't feel like I could sit through dinner or coffee or cocktail and enjoy their company, it's a no. I don't care who the audience is. So look for somebody who you actually would enjoy engaging with. In that case, you're also listening for what about the show? What about the host, more than anything, is inspiring to you? Why do you think you would enjoy being with them? And so you really just, when you ask yourself these little micro questions as you're listening, you're going to come up with those answers. And Miriam, you recently did an episode where you talked about journaling. I mean, this is something you can do a sort of journal exercise about as you're doing these, this research. So first, you're going to find the, that list. You're going to search those keywords. You're going to find a bunch of shows that you think, oh, maybe. Then you're going to go listen to them. And as you're listening, start jotting down what you like about the show. Then go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review for the show. That's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. At some point in the future, if you're listening to this beyond the time it's uh, being released, maybe it'll be a different platform. But in any case, you want to make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. Don't do a four. Don't do a three because it's good and you don't give fives to anybody unless they're amazing. Think about how you would feel if somebody gave you four stars on your art instead of five give them a five-star review, uh, rating and write a sincere review. Now you've got your your notes that you just took. Write something authentic and real about why you like the show. Now, the next step, because oftentimes people aren't going to see that, but that's yeah, just- Yeah. And
0: let me just interrupt moment. there. So like, I, I think that's, I can't stress how important that is to leave the review because to me, it's like, it's almost offensive to me for somebody to be pitching themselves when they haven't done that yet. It's like, well, if you love the show so much, why haven't you left a review? Well, everyone else has left a review, but you want to be on my show. So it, to me, it's like, that's kind of number one on your list. And you know, maybe they didn't notice it, but they will check after. You know, it's like, well, who is this person? I'm going to push okay. back
1: a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. Because most people don't know. Most people don't understand this. So we as podcasters, but I guarantee you, before you were a podcaster, you didn't recognize this. I didn't recognize this. We don't really understand the power of ratings and reviews until we've done something where we rely on them or it's where true. they mean something. So I'm sure, or I'm, I'm pretty sure, I know for myself, I don't review every book I read. There are some books I love. I don't, I don't review them unless somebody that i know says hey you know would you review my book and i enjoyed it then i'll review it but i don't like i just don't think about that and and frankly i don't have the time to review every restaurant
0: i've gone to every book i've read every everything no but when i wanted people to come on my show i left them reviews on amazon and, and believe okay. me they said something they said yeah i thank you i saw that Yes. Um, And so
1: all I'm saying It made a difference. It it makes a difference. But all I'm saying is that this is what sets people up to be seen as a great guest opposed to just a guest. Yes. So by making that a part of your workflow, by leaving that five star rating and review, and then after that, making sure you reach out to that person on social. So whether you're on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook whatever. And I recommend that if this is something that you want to pursue, that you at least have a presence on all of them. Mm. Because even if you don't enjoy them, the different um, sites, you need to find where your host is hanging out, where your host listeners are hanging out. If you love Instagram, but your host doesn't have an account, then communicating with them on Instagram is not going to help you.
0: Right. I've experienced that where I've tried to message someone on Instagram and they had an account, but that wasn't their main platform. So I think it was weeks went by before they saw it. Yes.
1: And so like with Instagram, which is great for artists, you know, being able to, you know, take a picture screen cap of that review and like even mark something over it or taking a screen cap of Their cover art and doing something creative like that works really well. Most hosts probably aren't honest. I mean, not, I shouldn't say most hosts. I don't know, but I mean, it depends on who you're targeting. Figure out where they are. Mm. And Twitter is a really popular platform for connecting. And so a lot of hosts are on Twitter. I actually find most of the hosts I deal with, and I actually do a full service bookings for people. So it's not just myself that I have like, a lot of experience. And most hosts I do find are on Twitter. And so being able to tweet them or wherever they're at, messaging them and saying something again, sincere about how you appreciate them and you appreciate what they do goes a long way. Now you're not doing this to get attention. And if, you, and, and if it's not sincere, people will recognize that. So make sure it's sincere and make sure you're not asking for anything at that point. You're just appreciating the host. Start a conversation. Begin that relationship. You'd be surprised how many people will actually, how many hosts, if they get to know you, will invite you onto their show opposed Mm -hmm. to you having to pitch them. So play the long game. This is not what most people will tell you. Most people will say it's in the numbers. Get out there. Get everywhere. I care about relationships. And so uh, my position is I would rather be on fewer shows that have my ideal audience and get my clients on fewer shows that have their ideal audience and be able to go deep and connect than many shows that don't.
0: Yeah. And actually what you're saying is also true in how to sell original art is that you have to form a relationship with the collector and it develops over time and they have to it's almost like a friendship where they have to get to know you it's not a friendship where you you you, have, you don't have to take your collectors out to lunch and call them on their birthday but you know maybe you send them a postcard if you know their birthday but it is it's definitely a relationship building business and the best art coaches will also tell you the same thing that it's not about the sales funnel it's about Really building relationships like it's 1985. Yeah. That you know, yeah, yeah, maybe you're using Twitter or whatever, but it's still it's the one to one, not a one to many type of relationship building,
1: for sure. And then um, the other thing that I want to say about this is you have to decide how bad do you want it, right? And so. Each show that you decide, okay, I'm going to reach out and I want to be on is not going to be a top show. So I would start with your shows that are not deemed like your most important because we all learn as we go. So start with ones that aren't like the creme de la creme for you and do what you can to get on those shows in a good, not slimy way um, and develop relationships with those folks before you go for like the top tier. So just to give you an example of something that I've done, there is a man named Jordan Harbinger, and he has a podcast that's in the business space, which is is my space. And frankly, he's my favorite podcast interviewer, like really hands down. Um, when I was looking at who would I love to be interviewed by most of all, he it kept coming back to him. But even before that, I wanted him to be on my show. And so a couple of years ago I started reaching out and um providing value. So I would just, you know, make a comment about how much like to my audience on social, how much I really enjoyed this particular episode, something that, you know, Jordan did or what have you. I would reach out to Jordan and just see how I could support him. I think I first Reached out and said, "You know, I'd love to have you on my podcast." He's like, "No," <laughs> um, he was much more pleasant about it, you know. But he he said no. That was the bottom line. I could have given up, but instead, I chose to continue and continue and continue and continue. And there was a big piece of time where I'm like, "Ah, forget this." Like, he doesn't want to be on my show. He's got better things to do. That's fine. Like, I don't need him on my show. But then, um, it's actually where you and I hung out um, this past summer. And I saw him and I was like, I'm going to go up and say something to this man. And so he was at the bar and I went up and I go, so you keep blowing me off, you know, yeah. what's the deal? Like you're on yeah. all these shows. And we had a conversation and he agreed to be on my show.
0: Yay. Yeah. And it makes a difference that you met him in person. Like that I've is... I've met him before
1: and I've, had, okay. I've I've done things for him before. Um. So, but the por- the point here is, I could have just taken the no and been done, but he was somebody I really wanted to interview. Now, there have been people who I've given up on or that I'm not even going to go very far with. And so that's what I want to point out here. Know how badly you want it. So if you want to be on you know, whatever the name of the podcast is that you think is like the top for you, don't start there, but do start adding value to that host. Start tweeting about it or Instagramming about it, but not in a way that's like that people are going to go, okay, you're a fan. So you have to walk a very fine line. You're a professional and you wanted them to see you as a peer and a colleague and somebody that not they- Not a fan are. girl. Right. And so yeah, you have so to balance that out. But also you want to show respect and appreciation for their art and their work. Mm. So I hope that's helpful. Very um, helpful. In terms of how
0: to know- which shows to approach and how to approach the hosts. Yeah. And, and by the way, anyone who's curious about J- Jordan, his his podcast, it was The Art of Charm and now it's the Jordan Harbinger show. Is that right? So the
1: Art of Charm is a show. He's no longer involved with that, but he did start it over 10 years ago. But now what's his new show? The Jordan Harbinger show. And of course you can come to my show as well.
0: The Nicole Holland show. <laughs> this is not the Miriam Shulman show though. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not as famous as you. Tell us a little bit. Okay, so there's we did promise that we would tell them what marketing materials you need, but I think that might be better that I can I can put that together as a freebie for the for this show because I really want to hear more about your podcast before you wrap up, like some of the guests that you are having on. So if it's okay with you, I'm gonna put that like a checklist together for people that they can pick up in the show notes, which will be shulmanart.com forward slash Twenty-one, And instead we're going to talk about, I'm really curious to hear like some of these guests you're, you're going to have on, on the new show. So we're recording this now in, it's almost December and we, this will be published on January 8th and the show will be like a newborn baby. A
1: week old. A week old.
0: So tell us what's going on. Like who, who are you going to have on the show besides me? Yeah. I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. You
1: are. You're on the business. You, you recorded
0: it, so. Oh, it hasn't gone
1: out yet. I thought. I thought you were on the uh, business
0: building rock star show. Oh, you put it on there. I thought I already. You didn't. You didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. We well, should I start. thought it was on the other. one going to be on the other show? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've recorded a few hundred
1: episodes by now, so don't quote me. Okay. I'm pretty right. sure your podcast episode is already has already been produced like six months. It went Okay. Out. All right. So with the business, uh, sorry. So the Business Building Rockstar Show, we did a weekly personal journey story and that was amazing to talk with you. You really, yeah, it's for sure out. You really opened up about your own personal experience with 9-11 and your own personal journey. And these inspiring interviews have won me the attention of Fans the world over, and um, as well as a lot of media. And I'm just super humbled by the support I've had as a podcaster. Entrepreneur Magazine named my podcast one of the top 48 podcasts that entrepreneurs should be listening to, which is, Amazing. again, super humbling, right? Like, I just so appreciate that. And what I was hearing from my audience a lot was that they wanted more of me because I was doing a lot of like, these interviews. But I had a lot to share too. And so I've been going on other people's shows and sharing that. And people are like, wait a minute, we want to hear you on your show. Mm. Um, as well, people turn to me for resources all the time, right? So like I know you use acuity scheduling because I helped you get set up on that system. And as you were saying at the beginning, you know, that's that's something that pretty much everybody who knows me personally, who's in my inner circle or who's a client, they all know like I'm a resource geek. And I love to help people make their lives easier and get ahead. And so one more thing um, I'll mention, and then I'll actually answer your question. (laughs) Um, For three years, 2015, 2016, and 2017, I hosted an online conference each year where um, I interviewed experts in different marketing strategies, business building tactics, and it was called the Business Building Rockstar Summit. So in 2017, that was the last year. And what I wanted to do, because people are upset, I got a lot of messages when I announced that I was not doing it again in 2018. They really wanted those masterclass interviews because they found them very helpful. And what I do is really make sure we're getting takeaways that the audience can use right away. So what I decided to do with the Nicole Holland show is just to give myself more freedom to be creative and not mm. lock myself into any, like, here's what must be done rigidity. And so on the show at this point, as we're launching, and this could change any time. And that's one of the reasons I also was like, I'm just gonna name it the Nicole Holland Show because that's who I am. And as I evolve and, you know, I find things that are helpful and interesting and I wanna try new things out, I can because that's what I'm saying I wanna do. Right. Um, so we're doing a number of things on the show. I'm giving ongoing tips and strategies for building relationships, being a great guest on a podcast, being a great podcast host, systems, things like that. So in my zone of excellence, I'm sharing my own genius. I'm also continuing to share those inspirational stories from leaders and um, people who've made their dreams come true. I'm also... Now, rather than telling people just about the tools and the resources, I'm interviewing the founders and creators of these tools and resources and doing oftentimes um, a sort of demo of platforms that are online so that my audience will talk about like, who is this helpful to? Who is it not helpful to? So it's really kind of an advertorial for a number of platforms that My audience has been asking, what do I choose for webinars? What do I choose to host my course on, et cetera? And then I'm also doing um, one day a week. And these are each like a day a week, right? So instead of doing a summit at one time, we're doing master class series. So uh, once a week, we're doing a deep dive into a specific strategy or tactic. This past week that's gone out, um, I interviewed Mark Asquith all about how to build a personal brand. We talked about my rebranding and his rebranding. and so you'll you can expect more of those um, ongoing and and then on Fridays, I just kind of share whatever I feel like sharing. I love to engage with my audience and I may ask provocative questions that I want feedback on. I may go on a rant like about customer service, because I stand for service that serves. And I keep, whenever I have an experience like I did two days ago with Dollar Rent-A-Car, I take some notes and I'm like, ah!
0: So teaching lessons, things like that. Um, and it's going to be five days a week? Five days a week, Monday to Friday. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll be a raving fan. You know I'll be listening.
1: A lot of work, but it's uh, it's super exciting. And um, the thing is too, like I want people to see this as a resource. I don't want people to be like, I don't want to subscribe me at five days a week. So I'll also be sending out a newsletter every week so people can sign up on the Show.com. There's a place to sign up for my newsletter. So that way you'll get a kind of a recap of what's available on the show that just happened. So you can pick and choose because I have a lot of content to just subscribe right. to, but it really is meant. I, I want my audience to almost look at this like a channel like you know Netflix or something and and you know there's like five different types of episodes that are going to be on there and you pick and choose and you say what do i want to feel right now what do i want to know right now what do i want to experience right now and you come to the show and you can find it
0: that's amazing thank you so much nicole i can't wait till i mean my listeners can go check it out right now because we're broadcasting it like i said It's already out. The Nicole Holland show. I will have a link to her show, her other show, my interview. Those will all be in the show notes, but it's the Nicole Holland show and you'll be able to look for it and it'll be on all podcast directories. I'm assuming by then, by the first week.
1: Here's the fun thing. I'm actually using, again, this might be a little bit like high level for folks who have no idea about podcasting, but I'm actually using the same feed. So People fall okay. in love. Have fallen in love with the the business building rockstar show. It's not going anywhere. So it's it's actually like really. It's
0: not the same, same show. Name. Changing the name. Yes, I'm changing. Oh, the name. I'm updating things, it.
1: but it's still the same. So if you so go, so it'll to be there. Yeah, you'll be able to look at episodes that from way back when on the business building rockstar show, as well as all of the new. Episodes and at time of recording, I'm still building the website, so I can't guarantee what it's going to look like. But what I'm trying to do is actually make it really simple from the main page to where you can do, go into the drop down and you can say, Okay, I want to look at master classes, and you just get to see all the master classes. I want to look at BBR show, which is where Miriam's interview was. Okay, you can see all of BBR show. So I'm trying to make sure it's categorized so it's nice and easy to navigate. But, yeah, so it it will it's like I said, it's syndicated like on
0: over that's 100%. great, okay, cool, so looking forward to that. All right, Nicole, so is there anything else you want to add for any last words for our listeners before we call this podcast complete? this yes. episode complete? Okay,
1: I would love to just add that, and this is kind of why I started and launched my business the way I did, which was the business building rock star brand in the beginning with the summit, something that I fell into and that I see so many people fall into when they start an online business is all the shiny objects and all the things that people will tell you you must do. If you Uh don't do webinars, you're going to fail. If you don't do podcasts, you're going to fail. If you don't do this and I hate that message Uh because the truth of the matter is if you don't stay true to yourself, you're going to fail. So find something that lights you up and that'll let you express yourself at your highest and best and doesn't exhaust you.
0: Yeah. And the way I want to flip that on, the, on its head a little bit, I mean, the same thing, but reframing a little, what we tend to hear in our space is like, the reason like you're not a successful artist is it's not that you're going to fail if you don't do it, but this is the, this is the whole thing that's going to make you successful. Oh no, if you get you know, build a following on Instagram. That's what's going to make you successful. Oh no, it's this, it's that. And what I found is like, it's still, like I said earlier in the show, it's still about those relationships and it's not about all that other stuff. That other stuff may help. Sometimes it hurts, but it's like, it's really just about the relationship and it's, there's no Holy grail that's going to make any of that work. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Really oh, thanks for coming on. You gave so much value. I can't wait to listen to this over again, even though I have to listen to my own voice when I do that. But <laughs> well, thanks so much again for joining us today, Nicole. You can listen to the Nicole Holland show and the link to that as well as her website will be on the show notes, shulmanart.com forward slash 21. Thanks so much for listening. And oh, by the way, there's also that freebie that I told you about what marketing materials you need in place. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here today. And I just want to give you a little heads up about what's coming. Next week, we have David Berkus, author of Friend of a Friend, who will also be giving great advice on how to build those relationships. You don't want to miss that one. Plus, the next few weeks are dedicated to sprucing up your website. We'll be talking to copywriter Kimberly Houston, about what words you must have on your site on how to sell more art. So that's it for now. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Art, on Instagram at ShulmanArt, Art, and of course, on shulmanart.com.
1: Hey, this is Nicole Holland. Blah, 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 blah. Hang on. Hey, this is Nicole Holland, creator of Interviews That Convert, and you are listening to the Inspiration Place podcast with Marian Schultz.
0: Third time's a charm. You know I'm going to use that too, though.
1: I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no consent.
0: Okay, uh-huh. all right. Cool. All right, Let me, I'll mute myself again. <clears throat>
1: Hey there, this is Nicole Holland, creator of Interviews That Convert, and you are listening to the – I can't do – I can't talk just – i I'm terrible at this. Do you understand how long it takes me to do a solo cast? It's ridiculous. Okay. You don't have to do this part. No, i do doing, doing it's it. Real, you
0: know what it is? It's a warm-up too I for you. That's why I do it.
1: it. We okay. talk. We okay. talked. Okay. okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing a stinger. Ready? Yeah. Hey there. This is Nicole Holland, creator of interviews that convert. And I am, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You're listening to, you are listening to. Okay. I think we should stop recording. Okay. I'm turning off my camera. Maybe that'll help. I don't want to see you either. I'm just going to put you away. Okay. Hey there. you're. Hey there. This is Nicole Holland, creator of, fuck. I can't do this, dude. All right, well, we won't do it. No, I have to do it. Can we do
0: it at the end? Sure. I think the end will be so Fine. Much okay, I am going to mute you and I'm going to introduce you. Do you. Are you okay. sure you don't want to stop
1: and start again? Because you can't use any of that stuff you just used. I don't care. Seriously. I'm
0: not stopping. Okay. Okay. I don't want that. <laughs> hey, if you enjoy this podcast, you have to check out the Inspired Insiders Club. It's my monthly membership program where you get weekly inspiration from me. Every week, I share with you techniques that I use in my own art for drawing and painting in both watercolor and mixed media. Plus, you'll get a weekly idea video so that you never run out of ideas for how to make the art your own in your own style. If you're feeling stuck in your art, And your goal for 2019 is to unleash greater creativity, to spend more time painting, but you need a little help creating that habit, then the Inspired Insiders Club will help you get there. Come join me over at shulmanart.com. That's shulman with a C, shulmanart.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join me in the Inspired Insiders Club. See you there.